in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. While we're doing that, we're going to say happy birthday, Sister Carmen. Amen. We love Sister Carmen and all the kind things we say about one another. Carmen's just one of the cream of the crop here at Faith and Truth Assembly. We love this sister so much, and what a blessing she has always been, just so faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 11. Just an amazing portion of Scripture, and just thank God for... Your prayers, keep praying for me that I could just deliver God's word, his way, his timing, his heart, the right spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you for it. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your presence here tonight, Lord. Thank you for just how great you are, Lord. And Lord, when we hear just the great things you're doing in each one of us, Lord, we are overwhelmed, Lord, by your goodness, God. We don't deserve a bit of it. Lord, we don't deserve the least of your blessings, but you are constantly just give us your best. And we thank you for that, God. Lord, I pray that you would just anoint your word. Lord, help me to deliver it with your heart, God, and help each one of us not only to have an ear to hear what your spirit would say to us, God, but help us to, Lord, to go forth and be doers of your word. And we'll give you all the glory, all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly. And indeed bear with me. For I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear... Lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity which is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if he re- you receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might bear well with him. God bless you. You can be seated. We are living in perilous times. And there's so much that's going on, I know, in these days. And the love of many is waxing cold because sin is abounding. Amen. So much corruption and evil is, is all around us. But I tell you, people are ripe for deception. And how we need to be praying and in the Word of God have a heart that says, God, talk to me. Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. Of course, it's the Holy Ghost and talking through Paul, not only to them, but to us. And I thank God for people that come to church hungry and say, talk to me, God. Take off your your defenses. Take off all the things that say he better not talk to me. You ought to come here and say, I hope it's all for me. I hope it. God, I know you've got something for me. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. He says, would to God you'd bear with me a little in my folly. Indeed, bear with me. This is kind of sad. We're going to take our time through this. This is kind of sad because Paul is talking to a church that he's already told them. You've got you're spiritually immature. Amen. Amen. They they needed to learn how to to get 
steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. They're still... He, he dealt with a lot in 1 Corinthians about their, their, uh, their little schisms, their little cliques. Amen? Dealt with them about sin. Amen. You can say you're a child of God and you love God all you want. If you don't hate sin and look at your own life, amen, aggressively, praise God. You don't love God like you say you love him. That's really what we're going to talk about here for a little while tonight. We talked Sunday night. Well, Sunday morning we talked about the importance of the family of God, the togetherness. Then Sunday night we talked about how we need to really have a good attitude, not only a good attitude, but aggressively seek out that, that we would be accountable. Don't let me go astray. I heard somebody, I was sharing with somebody, what a good feedback, a good response we had Sunday night. God bless you for that. I felt like folks really received it well. And I was sharing with somebody uh, in the next day or two after that, just what God had done throughout the services Sunday morning and Sunday evening. And they were talking to me about how they recognized the importance of, uh, they weren't in the service, but they said uh, about uh, how they heard a quote and they said, you know, it's hard to see what's going on in the picture when you're in the frame. You need somebody to look at it. You can't see it as good as you can, you think you can sometimes when you're in the middle of it. Right. Yeah. I, I heard a pet, and this works uh, not only for, for correction, but also for encouragement. Yeah. I heard a preacher when I was much younger and, uh, talking about how he felt like he was just struggling and not getting anything accomplished for God. And it was an elder that he had in his life that said, hey, you're in the middle of the battle. You can't see what I can see. So it's not always negative. Sometimes it's encouragement when the devil's beating you up and you feel like, man, I'm doing something wrong. And you reach out for help and you get encouragement. Somebody can say, hey, wait a minute, I've been watching you and don't let the devil get you down. But see... Paul was not being foolish, not for a moment, but he knew their carnal ways, their immature spiritually ways would think Paul to be foolish or it'd be folly what he had to say. And he said, you just bear with me in my folly. He wasn't going to fuss with them and defend himself. You want to think I'm a fool? Go ahead. But you just bear with me a little bit. I'm going to say what I have to say. He said, I'm going to tell you why, because I'm jealous over you. Now, jealousy is a work of the flesh, right? right? You look in Galatians and jealousy, Bible says it's cruel as the grave. And uh, it'll quench the spirit of God if you let it. But there is in God the, the, the right kind. You know, if I'm always suspicious about my wife and every little thing, who is that on the phone? Who is that? One of the kids? Are you sure? But, uh, but you know, if she's, uh, you know, she's looking at me and saying, uh, uh, how much time are you spending time alone with who? That's healthy. Amen. You know, there's some, some boundaries I need in my life. And I think somebody said it here, uh, sister Anna, it was God's jealous over us when he's not being a bully to say, Hey, y'all play with fire. When he sees us losing our first love and being more interested in this world and the things of this world. Amen. And Paul has the heart of God. And he's saying, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. 
Because I'm looking at you and I want you to be head over heels in love with Jesus. And when I see it looking like you're kind of losing that, I want to get in there and talk to you about it. And thank God, like I said earlier, we ought to be interested. We ought to be excited about somebody caring enough about us. Praise God. He said, I fear. Well, let's back up. He said, I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy for I have espoused you. That's the, the job of the ministry right. to, to get you engaged for your wedding day. Amen. That's what he's saying. I've, I, I've got you connected, reconciled to God, and there's going to be a wedding day, a, a day when you're going to stand before him face to face. And that's the, that's the goal of every God-called minister to to get you closer to him. Hey, we spend some time in honoring one another and thanking God for one another. And the Bible talks about honor where honor is due. But we always understand that, you know, none of us would get along. None of us could stand each other and for good reasons if it wasn't for God. And whatever good is in you or in me, it's because of him and he gets that glory. Paul is saying, I want to be able to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. I'm going to tell you something. A lot of folks live their lives just so sloppy, if you will, and not really just just settled in and submitted to God. And, and Paul is saying, hey, you got to be dedicated completely. Don't you be cheating on God. Don't you be cheating on God with sin and, and what you want. You lay that aside because I want to present you. The Bible says in some place, uh, some places about being without spot or blemish and to perfect holiness. And, 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 and we see these things and Paul's saying, I, I want you to get serious and look at your life and, 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 and be just dedicated to God. Amen. Amen. But he says, I fear verse three, I'm afraid that lest by any means, just like the serpent tricked Eve beguiled her, deceived her. Amen. Amen. Through his subtlety. It's why so important that uh, don't get me wrong. I don't want to try to uh, act like it's okay to have any kind of bad attitude or, or any kind of, of course, no pride or arrogance and everything's just got to be negative. Absolutely not. That's not what I'm preaching today. But you know that we have to be careful against this idea that everything that, that churches today is about encouragement and feeling good and lifting you up. We need to be challenged. We need to be confronted sometimes because the enemy is so subtle. When you, the Bible says, think you stand, take heed lest you fall. One of the most dangerous Positions you can be in. Oh, I know, I know. You don't have to tell me. Wait a minute. Hallelujah. Listen, pay attention. Sometimes the devil's so subtle. I'm, I'm probably not the only one, even as a pastor that has seen so many people overcome and get through battles and so many more stumble and fall. Amen. Sometimes you just start to see things going in a bad direction. And I'll tell you what really makes it difficult when people just don't have that humility to be able to listen and pay attention to it. That stubbornness, that pride that gets in the way. And they want you just sometimes it's hard to even put into words, but I'm concerned. I'm worried about you. 
I, I don't. I see a difference in, in, in that you don't see. And uh, well, praise God. He said, "I see the enemy's so subtle. The enemy." Just slips in. The Bible talks about it in Genesis, the third chapter, that the serpent that the devil was using was more subtle than any be sneaky, slippery. Amen. And he beguiled Eve through his subtlety. Listen to this saying, I'm afraid that the enemy is going to work like that on you. Right. Through subtlety. You remember the devil quoted Bible verses to Jesus. The second Adam. He comes to him in the wilderness and. And quotes Bible verses to him. Subtlety. That your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I see a lot of people getting tripped up because they just forget just basic common sense. Basic simple things. Getting back to the basics of just how you got started in God. It's been said here by several of you about how exciting it is to see some that are Really, maybe just in the last year or so, just just getting a hold of God and and seeing God work in your lives. And if you're going to keep on going and be one of, uh, I forget how somebody said it. Some of the old, older say, I don't know. I kind of took offense to it. I think they said they said old, old something. All I heard was old. But uh, can I tell you something? If you're going to continue on, you're going to have to not only hold on to how you got started, but just Continue on with that same enthusiasm, that same excitement, that same dedication, that same attitude. See, when you come to God and repent of your sins, I truly believe that that is an attitude of repentance, not just an episode. That you carry with you of humility and, and, and to say, God, I, uh, you're everything and your will be done and not my will. And I surrender all to you. People that have just thrown repentance out the window. But listen to me, that's a lifestyle yeah. of just fully saying, I want God's will, not my will. And that same understanding of being filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you today that that you can have not only the same experience you had however many years ago or maybe even weeks ago it was that when you received the Holy Ghost, you can have that same experience but even build on that when you recognize, hey, I know how I was. My attitude, my heart, my worship, my my all that I brought to God, he's still the same hear people say, well, I don't really touch God like I once did. And some people don't even know they're not. They look at their lives and, and you know, it's very few and far between. Oh, I had, we had a special service uh, because a, uh, an evangelist was here. We had a special service because something happened. It can be special for you. Yeah. If you just continue yes, sir. in that same heart, that same attitude. Amen. Amen. And he goes on and he says, uh, for if he that cometh preaching another Jesus, and he talks about another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. How we need to be so careful to to continue on in the word of God. I heard somebody the other day. Um, it was online, actually, and they were they were kind of debating a, a Mormon. And. um and uh, he asked this man who was the Mormon, said, if I could show you in the scriptures that you were wrong, 
If I could plainly show you in the Bible that what you're teaching is not in the Bible, would you change your doctrine? And that man stumbled over it. He said, I just asked you this very simple question. He ducked and evaded. And he said, I asked you again. And the man said, well, no, of course, because he said that right there is a cult. And I thought, what a great definition for a word that people have used and abused. People throw it around like they throw most words around. It's lost its meaning. But if any preacher, you know, I've, I've looked it up over the years. You know, what, what does that mean to throw that word around? What does it mean? And, and someone say, well, it's a very, they're usually a very charismatic leader. So if someone has, has leadership qualities and they have charisma, but that's what leaders usually have. It's not a matter that someone speaks well or can, can, uh, you know, kind of keep people's attention. But if they're following him because of his charisma and not following the Bible, that's a cult. Amen. But then, you know, when we look at the Jehovah's Witnesses, just recently had a uh, conversation, had one call me on the phone, just so sound like just a sweet little lady and she just was want me to connect to, with uh, with a website and they had articles she wanted to tell me about about um it was close to father's day and what the bible teaches about uh, uh good fathers and another thing i think was about depression and and why we need this after all we went through in covid doesn't america need to uh to to just uh just recognize the the epidemic of depression just a sweet lady and she said will you look at it i said i certainly will and i looked at it and and uh went went into some things about who they said jesus was amen and they just completely denied his divinity straight, just straightway, just clearly said, we definitely do not believe that Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. Well, how do I tell them? How do I know it that he's not? Because of the Bible. <laughs> right? Uh, I can take you right to the word of God. Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. Amen. The Bible tells us that he is the, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Amen. Hallelujah. And on and on. So, so how would I say that that's, that's why well, I go to the word of God when they tell me that there's no real literal hell and that's just a, a parable? What would I do? I'd go to the word of God Amen. and say, hey, here's what Jesus said about a place called hell. And I think most people would say, you know, that's. You know, there's some people out there. Somebody's got to be wrong. We can't all be right. Well, how is that so? Because it's not based on our opinion. It's based on the word of the Lord. People that will say, well, we can't. We don't uh, uh, pray to Mary. We don't follow the decrees and the edicts of uh, uh, of the Pope in Rome. And and uh, we don't believe in, in this place somewhere between heaven or hell called purgatory. Oh, no. Why would you say that? Well, because it's not in the word. Right. Let God be true. Yes, sir. And let every man be a liar. Nice. But we need to be able, listen now, I think many, many, many people who call themselves Christians at least, will say, hey, I'll tell you what, 
I can show you some of this. It's wrong. Maybe they might even look at some of these big name TV preachers who are all about money and all about giving to them. And you'll get a blessing if you give into my ministry. And, and you know, God's going to, and I believe God blesses giving. Don't get me wrong. And I thank God that we're blessed people here today. But it's not about trying to build a multi-million dollar kingdom and build a fleet of jets for somebody. And I think a lot of people would look at some of these things and say that's foolishness. But I've found that it's so easy to look at somebody else and say, hey, you know what the Bible says? That's not what it says. You got You better line up with the Bible and not look at it as a mirror for my own self. See, a lot of Christians and Paul was talking to some saying, hey, listen, it's subtle. It's easy to point the finger at a lot of people that are mixed up, messed up. And you need to be able to know that. Talk to somebody here recently uh, and they were saying they came across one of their old friends started sending them bible verses and and this person had claimed to be a christian probably for oh decades and and they said they started sending me bible verses thought that was so neat and i got together with them for lunch and i said wow you're you're sending me bible verses how did did when did you ever start going to church and they said well i'm a jehovah witness now and my friend said I wish I knew what to tell them because I know somebody in my family took a class on evangelism, but I never took that class. So I didn't know what to tell them. And I just kind of nodded a lot. And we need to know the word of God. We don't all know it. Maybe you wouldn't know what to say, but, you know, it's time to start. It's okay to say, you know what, I'm going to find out. So the next time I'll know. Amen. And there's, there's, we all need to be able to uh, be honest and say, well, maybe I don't know, but you know, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. But when I look at somebody and say, hey, uh, I'd, I'd like to talk to you what the Bible really says. You know, see, I was raised, there's a, a preacher that I just was talking to uh, someone here. Sister Charlotte was talking about someone in my family who's a preacher, and I was telling them what a good preacher they were. But, you know, they would say, you know, somebody comes knocking on your door and you find out they're a Jehovah Witness. Before they even say a word, I'm going to tell them, Jesus is God and hell is hot. Uh, they probably didn't win a lot of Jehovah Witnesses to Jesus. <laughs> and I understand, I understand that you don't want to get talked about, but you know what, I, I have a, uh, you know, I, I'm not afraid of any of that. I, we can, we can be, we can be kind to anybody. And, uh, and I think that's a much better policy than, than, than just trying to kind of punch him in the face with the truth. <laughs> um, and I could tell you if I, we had time, I'm not going to spend some time, but, but, uh, we've had some time where, where we talked to Jehovah witness when we were first married and, and, uh, I don't know, months later came knocking on our door and said, can I just come in and talk to some friendly people? I'm going through some hard times. And got to talk to him about Jesus and what he really was. But let me say this, and as I keep moving, there's a, there's a need in our lives to be able to look in the mirror and be able to say, okay, God, if this word is your truth and this word is right, and I can point at some of these that are obviously they've got their own Bible or their own translation. The Mormons have, I think, five books that are considered their scriptures. And the Jehovah Witnesses, well, they, they made their own interpretation of the word of God so that it can say it kind of the way they like it to be said. So it backs up their doctrine. And, but if I believe this book is God's word, I need to be able to look at it and say, okay, it's not just them that needs to line up with it. I need to line up with it. If they're wrong because 
Well, it's different. You know, they got big problems. I don't want to look in here and say, okay, God, I've got my problems are little. Who says? Does it say that right after the scripture you're not obeying? Oh, but this is just a little thing. This isn't that important. This won't take you to hell. I'm not concerned about that. I just want to line up with God. Amen. I want, I don't want his, the subtle workings of the enemy. I got to let the word challenge me. It's so easy. Listen to me. I see this. I see this often. People will follow preaching and believe preaching that validates what they already want to believe so often. If it tells them what they want to hear, I'll tell you what, God won't always tell you what you want to hear, but he'll be like a loving father and give you what you need to hear. Look what it says in 2 Timothy 3. Now, these are some scriptures we're familiar with, but let's get some of the context here. 2 Timothy 3. See, I, I just happen to believe that as a child of God, when you turn away from sin and turn to God, you bury that old life in Jesus' name, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, it is a beautiful day. It's not a bad day. You don't go home and say, I didn't like that service. When God talks to your heart and you run to an altar and say, Jesus, help me. Help me not to take that home with me. Help me, Lord God, to change my life, to change that in me. Thank you for convicting me. Thank you for talking to me. I'm going to throw that out when I get home. I feel like you're not happy with that. I'm going to stop doing this because I know that's not your will. And then you go and say, that was a great service. God helped me. Yeah. You go home doing better. Yeah. But look what it says, 2 Timothy three thirteen. But evil men and seducers. I was reading some things today that uh, blew my mind. The day that we're living in, there are people right now. Advertising agencies, psychologists that will watch interviews, watch behavior and slow it down to one forty fifth of a second frame by frame to watch how people look when certain words are said, to see body language when certain the person who's talking says it a certain way with a certain expression, moves their head a certain way, and they study every little detail. And you know what? They teach politicians. They teach preachers. They teach anybody who wants to manipulate. I want to tell you, the house of God needs to be a place of ministry, not manipulation. Ministry is to serve. That's what that word means, to serve, to help you grow, not to lead you in a way that's going to try to get you to do my will, my way. No, no, no. But to give you the tools to have a relationship with God. Evil men and seducers. That's that same kind of subtlety. Seduction is, it's a manipulation. It's someone who wants what, what's best for them, but they're, they're, it's, but they're going to tell that one they're seducing, oh, but I love you and I want what's best for you while they get what they want from them. That's what the devil does. It's an evil, ugly manipulation. And the Bible calls false preachers seducers. And it says that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. I hate it. I hate it because people are 
are, are following blind leaders, and 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 it's hard to to, to you know you say, well, don't don't you want to want want the church to grow? Oh yeah, and I thank God for growth, but we we don't want to do it in a way that's manipulative. In a way, it's trying to somehow through psychology and, and, and get you feeling a certain way. So, no, no, we want to minister. And if you're not, but people love that. People love to hear what they want to hear and, and hear that, that smooth message that, that, you know, the Bible talks about false prophets in the land that heal the daughter of Zion slightly, saying peace, peace when there is no peace. They, they get a, they get something that is a little good, but it's not really what's going to heal the cancer of their soul. Evil men, seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But he tells Timothy, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of. I love that there are people that, are, that will challenge what we preach. Not with an attitude. So you can't make me, you can't force me to do something. No, we don't want to make anybody force anybody, but making sure it's God, making sure this is the best way to line up to stand before God one day. I love it when people want to want to live for God, want to have a relationship with God that is fully just submitted to him. Hallelujah. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. That's there. There's a danger with a lot of, a lot of things. I'm not, I, I know there's been your televangelists and, you know, from way back when people just thought, wow, I just, I love him, man. Man, Jimmy Swaggart used to just tell it like it is, man. He'd preach hard. Boy, could he sing? Yeah, he could sing. But I guess that prostitute was kind of a problem. And then he got caught. And then he got caught again. Hello? See, that's ugly. That's, but see, that was somebody they, everybody thought was not only just awesome, but, but holy. Preaching against sin. Back, how many years ago was that? The 70s? God help us today with every Tom, Dick, and Harry on, online. The Bible says, know them that labor among you. There's a lot of, a lot of scandal. A lot of things that are disqualified, according to the word of God, shouldn't even be preaching. But, man, it just gets our attention and gets us excited sometimes. The Bible says, continue in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that thou from a child hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Did you hear that? It's the word. Somebody say it's the word. It's the word that makes you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. You want to know? It's not just the New Testament. It's all scripture. It's not just the red letters. It's all scripture. This is God's word. And it's profitable for doctrine. Hallelujah. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. You've got to understand, we're going to read it here in a little bit about rightly dividing the word of God. I understand there's some things we're not uh, have been fulfilled in Christ. But that's it. He didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill it. Right. Praise the Lord. There's too many folks that, uh, you know, would tell them, hey, you know, what, you know what the Bible says? That a man oughtn't lie with another man like he lies with womankind. Right. Amen. 
And then somebody comes along and tells them how to live for God. Well, is that in the New Testament? What's that? Well, wait a minute now. Are you going to look in the word of God like you just looked in it for them? Amen. How about those Ten Commandments? Praise the Lord. Do they count anymore? Last time I checked, that was before Bethlehem. So you got to be able to understand how the word of God fits in today. It's all going to point to Jesus. But we cannot just pick and choose. We need to rightly divide the word of truth and take those things and make sure they're in the right place. There certainly are some things there that have been fulfilled. And and Christ tells us all about how it is done. But don't just discount it like, like, well, I'm not even going to listen to it. Hey, I still think the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. I, I still can you imagine somebody saying, you know what? I appreciate that funeral. Thank you for ministering. But that Lord is my shepherd stuff. That's Old Testament, brother. <laughs> you start bringing that to you start talking about that, man. That's false doctrine right there. Right. No, come on now. Second Timothy two. Backing up a little bit. Look what it says in verse 14. What I'm saying is we cannot hide behind some things. We need to be able to say, okay, what does the word of God truly teach? Second yes, Timothy two, verse 14 of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. You remember what we said earlier? We're going to get back to it again. The Bible talks about being beguiled from what the simplicity a lot of times we really kind of, there's another side to this really where people dig into things and I'm thinking, well, where, where are we going with this? The Bible has a theme and it's to get us to heaven, loving God and doing as much as we can for God. And sometimes we can get off track with some things that there's so much striving about with words to no profit, but to subverting of the hearers study. To show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings. They increase unto more ungodliness. Sometimes people take scripture completely out of context. And sadly, it's so much of, of, of ministries today. I was just reading through, uh, the book of Jeremiah here. Um, this past week, and um, much of it is prophecy, right? Jeremiah's a prophet, right? And a lot of it is prophecy against Babylon and how Babylon is going to be judged. And, uh, you know, I've heard and read back when I was young in, in, in church, and, and wow, whew, there's a lot. And it's still going on just different ways, but there's a lot. Who's Babylon? Man, I've seen books and heard ministries all about how America has got to be Babylon. And look what Jeremiah said, and this just fits in so good. And then, and then uh, Desert Storm happened, and Iraq is really in that area of what was ancient Babylon. So now we're looking at, at uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, I guess, and he's like a modern-day Nebuchadnezzar. And, and all we're going back to Jeremiah and, and these other prophets. And here's what's going to happen. And we can look and see desert storm unfolding because of Jeremiah and Babylon, because Iraq is Babylon. Can I give you a, can I give you a, uh, a revelation tonight? <laughs> now, this isn't one that's going to sell a lot of books, but I'm going to tell you, yeah. I'm going to tell you who Babylon is. Right. Yeah. Get ready. 
I'm going to tell you, no doubt about it, Babylon was Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, when the Jews fell into idolatry, God said, stop it, or I'm going to pull you out of that land, and I'm going to put a hook in the king of Babylon's nose and drag. He's not going to have a choice. He's going to be my servant. And he's going to come down here and he's going to destroy you, your cities, your temple. He's going to destroy everything. He's going to draw you out and into Babylon. That's where Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in Babylon. And all the time they were in Babylon, the prophets were saying, hey, this is only going to be for a period of time. And then God's going to judge Babylon and you're going to go back. And that's exactly what happened. And they did go back. Babylon was Babylon all along. Who would have thought? That was so hard to figure out. You got to have Bible codes and figure out if you go to the original language, you know, skip every 14 letters and find out who Babylon is. Or you could actually read it. Babylon was always just Babylon. Amen. So many people trying to get involved. I'll tell you. I told my I told my wife one day here a while back, I said, if I get one more person asking me about about demon hybrid babies from fallen angels coming and messing, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I got a call that evening, that same evening after I said that to her. Somebody said, I got to ask you about these demon hybrids. Seriously. They didn't say that. They said the Nephilim. So I said, well, let's look at the Bible. But the bottom line is what I find out people don't like is whatever you might think about all that. I kind of take a different approach. Try to tell them what the Bible says. Then say, how's this going to help you be a better husband? I've, I've, I've talked to people already said, Hey, how's this going to get you closer to Jesus? How's this going to make you a better witness to your neighbors? They might be one of those demon hybrids. They might be a lineage of all that. How's it going to help you be a better witness? I ask people already, way you're living right now and God talking to you so much, do people want what you have? Do people look at your life and say, you've got something I need? See, we read that he wants to present us to Christ, a chaste virgin. He wants to wants us not to be beguiled from the simplicity which is in Christ. And there's so many different ways you can be pulled off of just the target, the focus of God, help me be better. Help me today. Today to just be faithful where you put me. I might not just know every last thing. You know, somebody, sometimes people ask me about, about prophecy. And we are seeing prophecies fulfilled. But listen to me. Sometimes, you know, these Men and women of the New Testament had all these prophecies of Jesus. And a lot of times they were saying, hey, wait a minute. He's going to do this. I know. I saw it. Remember in Isaiah, he's getting ready to do this. Just watch. No, they were like, oh, wow. We didn't know what was going on. But that reminds me of what Isaiah said. And I really think sometimes that's the way it's going to be in these last days. We're just going to keep living for God. We're just going to keep on serving God. We're not, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and I'm not sure who's going to move against whom over in the, in the, uh, uh, United Nations and the Middle East. But I know I want to win my neighbor and get him, get him in the church and get filled with the Holy Ghost and loving Jesus. Amen. 
And that's our, our focus. That's our goal. So much that just unprofitable for, for winning souls and growing in God. I've only got so much time and, and this Bible wants me to be chaste and holy unto God. Don't get distracted. I don't care how many books they wrote. I don't care how many thousands they, they can pack into a stadium. Don't get distracted from, from a life that says, look at me. Search me. Amen. Sometimes we do need, sometimes the Holy Ghost moves because you need encouragement. Amen. There's times where you come beat down, broken and hurting, and God just gives you that hug that you needed. And that's part of being led by God. But too much of this, this modern church day is just all about my self-esteem and my pride and making me feel better about who I am rather than, and, and I just, I know I need, God, I want to be more like you today. And I'm not, I'm not where I need to be. I want to grow. I'm not, I'm not satisfied where I am. Help me look at myself and see where I can grow. Amen. It needs to challenge me. Well, praise God. I, I think sometimes people get themselves in a rut and they, they can, you can fill yourself with spiritualish things, you know, Christian-ish things. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of great, uh, devotionals and there's a lot of, a lot of great things online. And there's, you know, a lot of, so many of the different little verses that are shared are so completely out of context. But, but all that being said, if you don't have a healthy diet of the word of God where you can look at it and say, God, when was the last time you, you read a verse and you said, oh, God, I need to pray about that, Lord. Ooh, yeah. Hello? There's a lot in there. You say you read your Bible. You, when was the last time you came to church? You said, oh, I need to work on that. Mm. You know, a lot of people just say, yep, I need to work on that. Thank God for his grace and go to keep doing it. That's not grace. That's not grace. There ought to be conviction in your heart that says, God, I'm going to, I'm going to change. I'm going to keep growing. You ought to be closer. You ought to be better than you were and heading in the right direction. Amen. Second Corinthians 12 or 11, rather, we started with dropping down. Second Corinthians 11, verse 12. Listen to what. Spirit of God is saying through Paul, Second Corinthians 11, verse 12. But what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as us. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. It's got to line up. He said, I want to cut off any occasion for somebody to cause you to stumble and think that you're fine when you're not, when you need to grow, when you need to learn. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. If this was happening in the first century, what do you think it's happening this close to the second coming? And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. You know, there's folks that are thinking they're seeing angels, thinking they're hearing from God. I believe in it. 
I believe in hearing from God. I believe in seeing angels. Amen. But the Bible says Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Wow. Listen to what he's saying. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also. Whose ministers? Satan's ministers. No great thing also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. I want to always have a humble heart before the word of God that I might be challenged. I'm not scared of it. I don't have to get on the defense. Don't have to prove something. You know, I, oh, I, I really love God. Sure you do. Nobody, nobody said you don't. But keep on li- living. Keep on growing. Keep on learning. It's a great because there's so much subtle deception in the land today. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? God's got a plan to get us where we need to be. It's his will for you to be saved and that that your life would be furnished. That your life would be furnished with, with works that would glorify God. Jesus said that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. God's working in us. To sanctify us, to cleanse us, to, that we might shine even brighter. God's, God's working in a beautiful way in this last day. God's working in a beautiful way in you. But please don't, don't forget this, there's a subtle enemy to try to cause you to drift off away from the things of God. I know it's difficult sometimes to to be the different one. Your friends, your family, sometimes they don't understand the decisions you make to to live for God. To think you're just too serious going overboard. It doesn't take all that, but listen. Don't allow that to hinder you. Renew and rededicate your heart to God and let Him continue to teach you and lead you because it just keeps getting better and better. This life God has for you, He doesn't want to hold you back. He doesn't want to bind you. He wants to... He wants the best for you. Sin's not helped you. Sin's been a burden in your life. God will help you turn away from that and get away from that. Start a new life. It's joy and peace. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be afraid to just give God your everything. He'll lead you every day and He'll be there by your side. Hallelujah. Come on, let's find a place to pray.
surrender all to you, God. You lead me. You guide me, Lord. You show me your way. Oh, yes. Jesus, I want to be more like you. Oh, yes. Here I am, Lord. I want to be a vessel that you work through. I want to be more like you. Paul said, I fear lest you be beguiled from the simplicity. Closer to God. Keep on reaching out to Him. Keep letting the Spirit of God speak to you and lead you. Oh, yes. I want to be a vessel that you work through. Lord, to just continue to be led by you. Lord, you're so good to us. You're a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Let's all stand. God, thank you again for all you're doing in this house. Bless each one of your people, God, I pray. Lord, let your angels encamp around each one of us. Keep us in your care, Lord. We love you. We praise you, God. We ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.